So a show of hands, how many of you like to play the game solitaire? Show of hands, yeah, look at all the hands go up, huh? Pretty cool. Some of you use cards on a table, sometimes it's electronically, perhaps you use it on a tablet or some other form. Uh, rumor has it that it was invented back in the 17th century. Louis XIV was king and he was arresting and throwing all of the French aristocrats into the Bastille and, and they were alone and lonely and I don't know if any of that's true or not, but I do know it's a game that people love to play. It's a game that helps us pass time and it's a one-player game. And so it's a perfect lead-in to this message today as we try to focus on being alone and focus in on what loneliness can be as well. And we're in week number four of this sermon series where we're looking at different games and applying them to our lives. We looked at the board game life, and then we got the cards out, and we did a little bit of Texas Hold'em, and we talked about being all in. And last week, Pastor Mark was doing a message about baseball so that we could talk about the teamwork that it is of being part of Christ's family here. And now today, we're going to look at the game of solitaire. And we're calling this Winning Against Loneliness. And I really want us to talk about loneliness and some things that we can do to try to overcome it. But right up front, I want to make sure you understand that there's no way we can have you get rid of loneliness. It's always going to be there at some point in your life. But we can learn how to deal with it. And this big idea for today is through the power of Christ, we can be victorious over anything, anything, focus on that word, and we can face in life including loneliness. So I'm going to do something weird and ask you to put your outlines down for a minute. And I want us to just spend a few minutes just kind of talking about the topic of loneliness. And then we're going to come back and use the outline to see what Paul has to say and what God's word has to say. Paul is an expert. Think about Paul in the Bible and 2 Timothy, this whole section, tells us that he was in prison, that he felt loneliness. And so he can help us look at some of the causes of loneliness, and then he can help us glean in on some ways to overcome those devastating effects. Now, the verse that really gets us there is Paul speaking in 2 Timothy, at my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them, but the Lord stood by my side, gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. Can you hear the emotions as he writes these words? No one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. He was lonely and alone. Uh, what did he do? What do we learn from it? Well, his first memory or his first thought is to to say, but God's by my side. I'm not really, truly alone. And, And if we're honest with ourselves, we've all been in those loneliness moments in life. Maybe you're in it right now. You know, there's a really popular movie that you've all seen, I'm sure, uh, and it's called Home Alone. You know, and you know the story. It's a Christmas time, and they're going to go on a vacation, and the family gathers, and and the youngest son kind of I don't know, he rebels, I guess, and, and feels slighted. And he gets in trouble, sent to his room, which happens to be up in the attic. And, uh, and while he's in the middle of this tantrum, he's going, I wish they'd all go away. I'd be alone. Well, what happens then, and a strange thing is in the morning, everybody gets up and they kind of think he's with them, get on an airplane and take off thinking he's with them. And he wakes up 
Yahoo! It worked. I got my wish granted. I'm all alone. They're gone. Wonderful. And and a mom and a family are trying to figure out how to get back to him, but he's just loving being alone. I mean, man, he's got the run of the house, can eat the junk food, watch the movies, sleep when and where he wants, doesn't have to answer to anybody. Well, there's lots of plots and twists, including some inept burglars. But at, at the end of the movie, he comes to the point where he went from being alone to now feeling lonely. Loneliness crept in, and he desperately wanted those relationships back again, even his brother who picked on him. He wanted that back again. So we're going to look at loneliness today. Uh, first of all, it's always existed. You may not think about that, but if we go back to Genesis 2, God speaks up after he created paradise and says it's not good that man would be alone. And I want us to remember that there's a difference between the word alone and loneliness, Being alone is just a physical state. Nobody's around us. Loneliness, well, that is more of a a state of mind that we go through. Uh, Sometimes being alone can be an awesome thing, a wonderful thing. Imagine you're a single mother of three little kids, and a babysitter comes over, and you get to go to the park all by yourself. And it's a great time. No worries, no interactions, no demands. When I was young, my wife and I had four young kids, and, and it was great, but there was never a time you were alone. Even if you went in the bathroom, someone was going to walk in there on you. And, 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 and so that was okay. That's what life was all about. But the reality was one day I came home from work, and I don't know why, but no one was home. And I'd be honest, I had no idea what to do. I stood in the front room. I figured, well, I'll put on the stereo and lay down on the carpet like this. It was neat for the 20 minutes until somebody came home. And yet the running story in my house is when I want to go places and do errands, I always want people to come with me. And when they don't, I go, all right, I'll go all by myself. Because I don't want to be alone or be lonely at all. Uh, The truth is, though, it can really be a good thing for us to be alone. Jesus did, right? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He needed to do that, and so do we. We need to be alone. Those reflective times, the times to contemplate, the times to assess our lives, those those opportunities to be reminded that God will never leave you. He will always be with you to talk to you, to speak to you, to guide you, to support you, encourage you, and challenge you. You know, when you come into a Lutheran church, you always hear about the law. We sin, we fall short, and that separates us from God. And then you hear the gospel because of Jesus Christ, the fact that he died for your sins, that through faith you are reunited, you are with him always. He will always be there. And even when you sin, he still loves you and wants to guide you back to where you should be. But we know being alone can be pretty uncomfortable, can it? We kind of feel left out, isolated. Kind of feels like a punishment. Well, it should. What happens when you're a hardened criminal in prison and you do something wrong? How do they punish that person? Isolation. You're going to be all alone for a while. And many times that we feel all alone because of maybe the death of a spouse or a divorce or maybe you're new in town or empty nest syndrome those seasons when our loved ones aren't near us. And maybe you're there right now. But on the other hand, 
there's a difference between being alone and this concept of loneliness. And that makes us feel depressed. It makes us feel sad. We don't have those relationships in our lives. And you know, that's not just for a person that's alone. Many people, maybe some right in this crowd right now, feel lonely, even though you're amongst people. It hits us all from time to time. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Doesn't matter if you're young or old. Doesn't even matter if you're Christian or non-Christian. The reality is it's going to come knocking on your door. So I thought we'd look before we get into God's word and kind of ask ourselves, so why do we feel lonely in the first place? Well, see, God wired us with emotions. None of us are robots. We were created to live in community, community with God and community with one another. It's what gives us purpose and meaning in our lives. But it takes three different forms. So I want us to focus on these for a minute. Number one, there's a relational loneliness. It, it, it comes when we're not around people. And quite frankly, our culture reinforces it, right? I mean, think about it. What happens? You pay at the pump. There's no human contact. You shop online. There's no human contact. You get food from a drive through window or perhaps a delivery service, and there's tiny little bit of human contact. You work from home. You bank online. See, we have all these ways that have separated us from having interactions with one another. Robert Brooke tells this story. He was going on a ship. He was going from England to the United States, and he gets to the dock, and he realizes everybody that's on the ship with him all have loved ones standing on the, on the shore there ready to wave and send them off. And he had no one. He felt totally lonely. And so he went and he took a little boy down there and he paid the kid, said, I want you to look and wave right at me and I'm going to wave right at you so what it'll at least look like I have someone in my life. Because we need that community, that love to be recognized. Well, the second kind of uh, loneliness is an emotional loneliness. You know, technology is really great and yet it kind of isolates us from those emotions and touching people, the you know, the emails, the texts, the Twitter, Facebook, chat room, social medias, uh, uh, worshiping online, all those things that we do. We're glad we worship online, but there's just that missing component of the emotions. And when we send out messages, yeah, we can add an emoji to it, but it just isn't the same as a smiley face or a hug. And the third kind of loneliness is a spiritual loneliness. One of my favorite songs is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And I think many of you would sing it. If I knew how to sing, I'd sing it and we'd go through it, but we're not. But the reality is, if we truly believe Jesus is your friend, wouldn't you talk to him as often as possible? I mean, wouldn't you pray, talk, speak with, listen to him? And wouldn't you read his love letters to you every single day? You check your email, you check your text messages. How often do you check the Bible to see, what's God saying to me today? and then worshiping him regularly and as a community here and smiling and talking and interacting with one another. Well, now that I've got you totally depressed thinking about loneliness, I want you to pick up your outline and let's now dive into God's word. Let's see what God has to say through Paul as he goes through the same stuff that we go through. So, we're going to look at some common causes of loneliness. The first one is life's transitions. You know what I'm saying by here? We feel lonely when there's those seasons and changes in our lives. For Paul, that happened. We see in verse 6 and 7. 
He says, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure and I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Now think about the story. Paul is going from being this active guy, traveling all over the known world, and now he's locked up. He's in prison. He's facing death. Your transitions in life may not be quite as extreme, and yet we go through those. Maybe going away to college, maybe getting that first job, maybe moving to get another job, maybe the death of a loved one, maybe a broken relationship. And then there's always this relational separation. Uh, We move from those folks that are closest to us, and, and we're not around them. And again, as we look at Paul's story in 2 Timothy, he says, do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me, has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Uh, Luke is with me, but get Mark and bring him with you. He's helpful to me in my ministry. Before he was in prison, this guy had all kinds of friends and, and Christian co-workers with him. Now he's in prison. Now he's locked away. Now he doesn't have anybody around him. And our separation causes loneliness as well. And then there's this thing called relational opposition. That's when somebody is hostile to you. Somebody is resistant to you. And it can happen at work, in the neighborhood. It can happen uh, in your family life. It's when those people reject you, just forcefully reject you. And it happened to Paul in verse 14. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Paul felt that type of loneliness when he felt this opposition to what he was doing. And maybe you feel the same thing. Maybe people are opposing you. Maybe they're criticizing you for your faith and things you say and do because that's what God would have you say and do. And then there's the relational rejections that happen. So if the opposition we just talked about is some active resistance, I think this rejection is just a passive resistance to you. Somebody doesn't deliberately try to be mean to you or go against you, but they're just not there for you. They let you down. They fail to do what they promised. Exactly happened to Paul in verse 10. At my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me may it not be held against them. Think about this for a minute. He's in prison. He's on trial for his life. and Nobody shows up to support him, to encourage him, including those people that he's been ministering with for tens of years. So those are some causes, perhaps, and they were causes in Paul's life. But then the question is, now what? What do we do? How can we overcome loneliness? What can we do to combat those feelings when they come? Well, we've got some good action steps. Number one, we can utilize our time. So think about that for a minute. You can just sit and do nothing. You can feel sorry for yourself. And quite frankly, that'll just make you even lonelier. But I think a better option would be for you to look around, just to look around. And what I mean by that, look for ways to use your time. Paul did, 2 Timothy. When you come, bring a cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. He's in prison, and he's asking for these items. So, so what is the truth we learn? Well, first of all, he says, bring my coat. What, what's that all about? 
Well, I tell you, loneliness certainly is about bad health in us. We get down in the dumps. We don't take care of ourselves. When we're feeling lonely, we need to make sure we look around for opportunities to get exercise, to eat wise, to make healthy life choices. And then Paul says, now bring my scrolls with me. You see, he used that time in prison in order to study God's word, in order to read it. And we're pretty lucky, quite frankly, because a quarter of the New Testament's written by Paul while he's in prison, not feeling lonely for himself. So we should look around. We should do that. We should find things that we can do. Work around the house, in the yard, maybe help a neighbor out, read a book, find some projects to be part of. And then secondly, we can minimize our hurt. Because, you know, it's pretty easy to just blame everybody else. That just blows everything out of proportion, right? It maximizes the loneliness and the hurt. So action step two is for you to look inward. I mean, look inward. Don't look at everybody else. Acknowledge that it hurts. Recognize the reasons and the feelings. And then let go. Let me say that again. Let go. You know, that's exactly what Paul did. You know, did did you catch it when we read it earlier? In my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. Paul doesn't go through life allowing it to get blown out of proportion and control him. He simply lets go. And why would he do that? Because Jesus taught him to do that. Look at Luke 23. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's hanging on the cross for us. He doesn't let that lonely isolation get to him. It's not, forgive them. You take care of this, God. He reflects the skill that we need to have to forgive. And then we can recognize God's presence. I think it's easy when you're lonely to just go, Lord, where are you? Why are you doing this to me? Well, if we read his word, what do we see? Hebrews 13, 5. God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He's with you in the midst of loneliness. Again, in Matthew 28, 20, surely I am with you always. There's no little asterisk that says, well, except when you're feeling lonely. He's with you always. And Paul knew that in 2 Timothy, when we move on to verse 17, the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. Paul recognized that God was there with him. And so that next step for us is to look upward, to pray, to focus on who God is. You know, when we pray in those times, it's a great way to utilize your time. It's a great way to minimize your hurt and a great way to recognize God's presence. Let me say those three again, because I think they're important. Utilizes your time, minimizes your hurt, and remind you of God's presence. And then number four, we can prioritize other people when we're feeling lonely. Instead of just sitting there feeling sorry for ourselves, we can say, who can I help? Who out there needs me to be there that I can meet their needs? So now we're going to look outward to the people around us. And that will move us out of our loneliness because we're so busy focusing on other people that we don't have time to be focusing on our loneliness. And again, we see this as Paul writes, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and the Gentiles might hear it. In his loneliness, his thought is, how do I get the gospel out to other people? How do I reach out to them even though I'm in prison? So 
how do we do all of that? Well, I think the first category to all that is to stop building walls. So easy to put up walls when we feel lonely, and it just makes us lonelier and lonelier and more people not be around us. Stop doing that and start building some bridges. I really think there's two kinds of bridges that will work here. One is a bridge of service. And what I mean by that is two weeks ago, Pastor Zardi was in here and he had this yellow sheet. Lots of ways we can do service together for God by his strength and his blessings. And there's lots of those opportunities for us that we can use to help with loneliness, to help be together and to accomplish much. Maybe it's to be a worship assistant or music tech uh, ministries. Uh, Maybe it's children's ministry, missions teams, green teams, Stephen ministry, garage sale, all kinds of lists and lists and lists. Ways for us to do acts of servants will move us beyond that feeling of loneliness. And then I think there's a bridge of friendship. It's a bridge of outwardly going. Maybe that's not the way you're wired to be an extrovert, but to kind of reach out. Maybe you reach out to a friend that moved away and reconnect with them. Uh, Maybe it's making some new friends. Or it's joining these projects and cooking up with people right here in the church. Or joining a life group or a small group. Those are nice action steps. But here's what I really want you to focus on. In order to overcome loneliness, we need to remember that God understands. I think it's a big danger that when we're lonely, go, well, yeah, he's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We don't have to worry about loneliness and all that. God knows what you are feeling. And if you question me when I say that, what happened when Jesus came to earth? He dealt with everything we dealt with, including loneliness. Why do I say that? He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Where's all his friends and support? They're sleeping out there. They don't care about where he's going and what he's doing. What about when he gets arrested? His friends run out of there and desert him. What about when he's hanging on the cross and God the Father has to desert him so that he can bear the pain of our sins? And yet we read in Hebrews 4, we don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, loneliness being one of them, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Folks, I got to tell you, Jesus knows He cares. Turn to him. You're his child. So let me just say, if you're listening to this, but you don't struggle with loneliness right now, I got two jobs for you. Number one, make sure you thank God for every single relationship in your life. Thank him for the fact that you have meaningful relationships in your life. And then I want you to look around and reach out to somebody who you see is lonely. Call them, talk to them, send them a card, let them know you value them, let them know that you'd like to be around them. And if you are right now feeling lonely, feeling loneliness in your life, I want you to do a couple things. One, put a little purpose into your life. And what I mean by that is is get involved in a church project. Get involved with a life group or a Bible study. It'll make you feel good and It'll put you around some people and some friendships. And then even you, I want you to look around and see who is even lonelier than I am. 
Who is it that really needs somebody to reach out and you be that avenue to them and see how it blesses you in the meantime? Maybe somebody that's in a nursing home or in a hospital. Send them a card. Cheer them up. So in this coming week, here's a couple of steps for you. Number one, are you ready to say, I will thank God for all the meaningful relationships I have? Acknowledge God is the giver of all good gifts, and so those relationships come from him. Number two, are you ready to say, I'll thank God for his relationship with me? Talked about the song, he's your friend, he's your Lord, he's your savior, he's your redeemer, and he is with you always. Number three, you're ready to get involved in something in the church, a project, a group, an activity. Are you ready to start interacting with other folks here? And then kind of a summary of what the message is about. Are you ready to say that I'm going to look at these tools? I'm going to look around. I'm going to look inward and upward and outward. Take these tools into my life and share them with other folks who may be lonely in the process. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your promise. You tell us you are with us even in our darkest moments. Lord, thank you for your church. Help us all to be that church, to build it up to be there to reach out to one another and support one another. Bless us with alone time with you. Let us connect with you. Let us be reminded you're there and that you have plans for us. You have people you want us to reach out to and a reminder that the church is here for us as well. Lord, be with us as brothers and sisters. Amen.